Even back home years ago, when we were first hanging out together, he'd know if the quarterback was on coke. If his girlfriend was knocked up, he'd get the wing velocity so he could judge the field goals. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? He'd be working on this shit day and night. There was nothing about a game he was going to bet that he didn't know. He's got down at six. He's got down at Season after season, the prick was the only guaranteed winner I ever knew. But he was so serious about it all that I don't think he ever enjoyed himself. All right, degenerates. Here he comes, the $100 man with the $1,000 plan. From Orno to Ames to Scottsdale. All your big money dreams. Stay and play with Tiny Nick. It is Wednesday, November 9th, and we are back with another episode of Tiny Nick's Giant Picks. With me today is Pear Brothen, also known as The Paris, Dylan Thomas, and Peppy on production. Ethan is mid-flight because he plans horribly, but we'll have him back next week. Pear, why don't you start us off with a, uh, or actually Dylan, why don't you start us off with a day in history now that you're back? I have a question. How come it's Pear Brothen, also known as the Paris? Like he's got a nickname, and then I'm just Dylan. You still, I mean, we've known each other for a decade. You haven't come up with a nickname. All right, I'll take D Tom. Let's do a historical fact. Sorry for calling you out to start the day here, Nicholas. Um, so yeah, fuck you. So on this day in sports history, you got a whole lot of nothing. So this is what we had to choose from. We can either talk about, let me get a thumbs up from you guys. We can either talk about Logan Paul. Or we can talk about, yeah, <laughs> I'm getting mixed reviews here. <laughs> Nick wants to talk Logan Paul. Pear definitely does not. Um, I'm going to pass on the Logan Paul. Give fuck me the, that guy. the quick synopsis was two years ago was his fight with KSI, which was boring as shit. Um, but in 1961, on this day, the PGA eliminated the, and this is the actual name of it, Caucasians only rule. So that doesn't seem like that long ago, 60 years ago, but the uh, <laughs> 60 it's years not. ago, yeah, Caucasians <laughs> only rule was finally eliminated uh, from the PGA rulebook. Yikes. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, Yikes that's horrifying. That is absolutely horrifying to hear. Dylan, let's stick with you on a, a brighter note here. It's been a long week for a lot of guys, a, lot, a long week for a lot of people in general. Midweek hump day, as we like to call it. What are you watching to get you through this week, Dylan? And now, what all you lonely sickos are here for, it's the scene of the week. Man, we've got another uh, potential storm coming in here. So you said on a on a brighter note, um, I hope you didn't mean skin tone because we're going to stay on the dark side here. Mr. Jay Romero oh and his lady Chantel Danielle. Uh, this one, love the name of this one, Twins for the Win. Uh, long story short, Jay and Anthony, they're having a little movie night with their girlfriends and Jay discovers a hole. It's a perfect sized hole in the bottom of his box of popcorn. <laughs> Uh, let's just say the popcorn was not just covered in salt and butter. You can watch the rest of it to find out how that one finishes. The hole was just, was just, just happened to be there. Like I had to actually cut it out when I was in high school to pull that. I have a friend who actually did that in high school. I think everybody does. I think everyone has one sexual assault friend that did that in high school when we were 16 years old. 
Um, I'm not going to say any names, Jackson. Anyway, <laughs> let's uh, let's let's jump right into it here. Who else has it been a bad day for here, especially in the NFL as of late? Probably going to go into your good day, bad day segment here, and Ethan's going to have a stroke from home, but let's hear it. Oh, you having a bad day? Uh, no, actually just doing bad day this week. A little respect for the segment. Uh, okay, okay. This time around, because you know what? It's been a bad day for the University of Tulane. Because, um, no, wait, never mind. They're the green wave. Sorry, uh, I got my uh, colors mixed up. It was a bad day for red waves. Uh, (laughs) And anyone who swerved wildly outside their lane Uh... to predict one, like Colin Cowherd, who probably still doesn't know anything about who plays running back for the Bears. Uh, It was a bad day for Matt Burke. The answer to the question of how many concussions does it take to wipe out a Harvard education? He probably tried that fraudulent Brett Favre concussion treatment, but thankfully now he can go back to wherever he was before we were forced to remember he exists. Dude was a Viking for 10 years. How did he not know failure in a big moment was inevitable? Bad day for Herschel Walker, who looks to be headed to a runoff. Poor guy is going to be so confused by the term runoff as he continuously points out to Sean Hannity that his name is Walker. Makes sense, considering the only things he's successfully run from are linebackers and fatherhood. Bad day for self-aggrandizing, toad-licking, fuck-faced quarterbacks in Wisconsin. Yeah, sure, it's all the wide receiver's fault. Doesn't have anything to do with you neglecting to do any off-season work with the entirely overhauled position group with two rookies that you're going to rely on this season. Maybe one of those jam sessions with Pat McAfee and A.J. Hawk could have been a practice that would have helped you not throw three picks to objectively the worst defense in the NFL. Bad day for Vanilla Ice, who should just go back to being Robert Van Winkle, because you've been supplanted by Kirk Cousins as the whitest motherfucker to ever cringingly appropriate black culture, although this might have been more accidental than intentional. (laughs) Bad day for anyone still on the fence about whether karma exists. The poison is real, folks, and it hits hard. (laughs) Good old Peppy celebrated more prematurely in the Dolphins and Raiders games than the grand old party does in Pennsylvania elections. As soon as those group texts showed up, I knew it was over. The Dolphins (laughs) choked three separate double-digit leads and blew the cover late in spectacular Dr. Oz-style fashion against a vulnerable opponent. Then the lowly Jaguars erased a 17-point deficit faster than counting the mail-in ballots sets off Mogateers. All three Circamillions entries associated with this podcast had both teams, and all three turned in three and two weeks instead of five and all. Poison indeed. I just want to point out that I did dissent uh, with the latter picks there. I know we're going to give an update on the Super Contest, but the uh, the Mageteer over here <laughs> didn't like uh, the direction of the picks last week. I also will point out, just to balance out the political spectrum of the show, that I find it hilarious that anybody would celebrate anything right now as our stock market is plunging, as crypto has gone to nothing, as every single American that has any wealth at all besides billionaires is getting shit on. Congratulations on your blue wave pair. As someone that doesn't care about politics, I hate all of you and everything. And all of these people are fucking losers. They're all snakes. I'm glad you agree with one side of the snakes more than the other. Pair, give us an update on the super contest before we uh before we get too <laughs> before into we politics. Go way here. into a rabbit hole <laughs> on election day. <laughs> yeah, again, I, again, I'm not a political person on either side, but I hate everyone that is. So yeah, pair, uh, super contest me. 
Yeah, let's swing over to something that uh, makes us happy. Like the oh, another swing us... over. He just continues with the political. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Pear, can you just let it go? We get let it. it go, Fetterman bro. won, bro. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, don't have don't stroke out on me because uh, the pod entry here is not. Was that a 20... Joe Biden reference? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Moving on. The pod entry is uh, checking in at 23 and 22. Like I said, three and two for everybody this week. Uh, but the pod entry does have its head above the 500 mark. Uh, just behind is Tiny Paris at 22 and 23. And then Woo! Team Chode checking in at 21 and 24. I'm sure all of those would look a whole lot better with, uh, with five and oh records from last week. So thank you, Peppy Poison. Anybody that remembers the beginning of the season, Ethan was dropping a lot of jokes. He is now behind us in absolutely everything. And once again, is being uh, exploited for the fraud that he is. Ethan, when you listen to this, I just want you to know you are a fraud and I hate you. Oh, hey, um, we didn't have to uh, give a shout out to Chandler or anything this week, did he? Like, I hope, Did he fall flat on his face too? I, I couldn't here, keep track. Here, here's the thing with Chandler. Uh, his Titans and the, and the Tennessee Titans in general, uh, played a great football game. We'll get into that here in a minute. Let's talk a little bit of week 10 pair. Let's jump right into it with the Chargers and the 49ers on a little bit of a tease up, tease down situation. Tease up or tease it down. 49ers coming in at home as a seven point favorite against the Los Angeles Chargers. Total coming in at 45 and a half points. I love this game pair. I, I want to hear what you have to say first because I feel like we're going to disagree on it. But I have a play on this game. It's a big tease play. What are you doing here, Pear? Oh, I think it's great that we finally have a compelling Sunday night football game. Um, the 49ers, fresh off a bye, should probably handle their business in this game. But by seven points, that's a lot. I'm going to look to tease this one down just because Shanahan, as a favorite, is not good. He's the fourth worst ATS record as a favorite in coaching since 2017. So, so just to clarify, you're teasing the Niners to one? Yeah, I'm going to tease the Niners down to one because I can trust Shanahan to get the win here against the uh, Chargers who have a really shitty coach. And I'm not going to trust the 49ers to cover seven points, but I'll trust them to get the win. Yeah, and the Chargers are somehow five and three ATS this season, four and four to the over. Do you see anything on this total that you like, Pear? My initial thought was that it's too high. Um, there's a there's a trend with uh, with the Chargers under Staley where uh, games tend to go over a lot more uh, when the totals below fifty than when it's above. So you'd have to look at that a little bit. But you give the 49ers defense a, a week to get healthy and, uh, and prepare for this game, I, I think they can shut down the Chargers. Now, Dylan, this is a pretty unique situation because we have a 50-50 split on the handle and the tickets here. Pair, for the uh, less versed listener really quickly, do you want to explain the, the, uh, the ticket and handle situation for everyone? I thought that was your department since uh, you're the expert on on all this stuff, but sure, I'll take that one. Well, the only reason that I asked you is because uh, you you were trying to uh, explain it to Cy on air last week, so I figure you could do it twice. <laughs> well, Cy already knew because he knows all this stuff. But anyway, <laughs> uh, handle just means the amount of money bet on one side. Tickets just means the amount of people who have walked to the counter and placed a bet. So generally that correlates to handle means 
the majority of smart betters are on one side. Tickets big means, money. Yeah. Tickets means the majority of John Q public idiots are on that side. So Dylan, I wanted to go down that <laughs> rabbit hole for a quick second, just so you understand. We have a rare situation here where we have a 50-50 split on both. Are you leaning with the five and three ATS Los Angeles Chargers plus seven? Are you teasing them up to plus 13? Are you also rolling with the uh, 49ers minus one here on the tease? I'm going the opposite direction. I don't I don't mind pairs take there. Uh, with San Francisco at home, I do think they're going to win this game in the prime time, although I have questions about Jimmy G in prime time. Uh, that said, the Chargers are 4-0 ATS as an underdog this year. Uh, and they are one and zero to the spread between five and a half and eight and a half. So if I can take them up to thirteen, I feel like that's a no brainer for them to keep this this game that close. Don't forget, it wasn't but a couple of weeks ago we were still saying this Chargers team has a potential to make a serious playoff run. The Niners team has continued to prove themselves, and obviously they picked up Christian McCaffrey and added a whole new element to their offense. But that doesn't mean that this Chargers offense is not dangerous as well. So I'm going to tease it up. Uh, and I feel very comfortable with the Chargers at plus 13. I won't put it in my favorite teasers this week, but it's right there knocking on the door. Yeah, I, I think this is one of the ones that you can actually put me on the record of saying it's going to cover both ways. The 49ers are a team that like to play from ahead. They don't like to run away with games. Jimmy Garoppolo is not really capable of running away with games. They can control the cl- clock. They can get a lot of first downs. Like you said, Christian McCaffrey. Pair on the injury front is Debo Samuel back. Um, he was at practice this week. Uh, it's uh, looking positive for him. That's huge. If he's back, again, minus one for me on the 49ers. But, Dylan, I can't go wrong with what you're saying as well. Dylan, let's keep it with you for a second. The, the New York Giants are a five-point favorite at home. We know the Giants have had a great season so far. They're 6-2 and two against the spread as well. Five-point favorite against the Houston Texans. Texans obviously struggling in a big way as of late. I'm teasing the Giants down to plus one, teasing through zero only because I have to with this number pair. I know that's against your rule. 40 and a half is the total here. I'm going to stay away from it. What are you doing, Dylan? Yeah, so it is one of those weird situations, right, where you have to tease through zero if you want to take the team that's going to win this game. I don't see any reason why anybody would have any faith in the Texans to win this in New York. So there's no reason to not take the Giants here. The cardinal rule of not teasing through zero, just consider this a money line pick. Tease your six and take the Giants to win at home. Now, pair the under when the Giants are at home is 15-1 and in their last 16 games. If you tease this up to 46 and a half, is that enough to keep it under for you to be comfortable enough to lay that play on a tease? Yeah, I'm comfortable taking the under straight up in this. Um, The Texans, yeah, I don't know how they got to the offensive production that they did last Thursday. That's insane. But uh, Giants games at home, like you said, they just continue to go under like crazy by an average of nine points going under the number in those 16 games that you mentioned. So, yeah, I'm going to... If you want me to tease the total, I'll, I'll tease the total uh, to the under. And then um, I'm also thinking that this could be another game where we see uh, either direction of a tease is, is acceptable. Um, the Giants will probably come away with the win, but the Texans do cover extremely well on teased numbers going back to when Davis Mills got the starting gig. So it's a situation where you're getting a team at double digits in a probably low scoring game. That's probably going to tease in, in either way and, and cover it. If you want yeah, to take because the we don't under have here Ethan too. here to talk about this, uh, this next game, what was that Dylan? 
Yeah, I was just going to say, if you want to take the under here, take it now. It's possible that this will move down even further. Um, now, there's a there's another storm coming through Florida here, and it's expected to die down across land as it comes basically uh, back west and then back across east. But current projections have it getting back into the water near the Carolinas, which means it would likely spin west again and go to New York. What does that mean? Heavy rains, possibly heavy wind. Both of these teams can keep the ball on the ground. So play the under now before it drops another two points if the weather on Sunday changes from 50 to 40 or changes from 50 to 30 with, uh, you know, sleet coming down. If anybody wants to grab a map and tweet at Dylan, if that made any sense at all, please feel free to do that at Mused Success. Uh, Bill's coming in as a five-point uh, favorite. If, if you need to grab a Sharpie to... Like maybe illustrate where you think the, the draw. We can go, do like that elementary. It reminds me of that Charlie Day uh, scene from <laughs> "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia." What Dylan just told us with the arrows all over the place, trying to figure out who. Yeah, uh, I'm just going to go on the. Going to. <laughs> I'm just going to go straight on the weather app and ignore everything you said and hope that that gives me a, a good enough indication of what's going to happen. But uh, Dylan, we're going to skip to pair here for a second because we have the Bills versus Ethan's Vikings. Ethan's not here to defend the Vikings, and I'm not sure he even would because he's the most pessimistic Viking fan of all time. But let's just talk straight spread here. Bills minus five at home against the Vikings. Total coming in at 45. 76% of the handle on this game is on the Minnesota Vikings, while 65% of the public tickets are also on the Vikings. Pair, is that because of Josh Allen's injured arm, the, uh, the, the kind of struggle fest he put on last week? Or is this an overreaction in general? No, I think it's... Uh... I mean, you're not going to see a number crash this hard, just about five full points uh, getting cut in half when the Bills open at about 10 points. You're not going to see that unless there's a whole lot of concern of whether Josh Allen's going to play. I don't think he needs to play for them to win this game. I think the Vikings are overrated, and I think that they're going to face a very good Bills defense that uh, that didn't look great last week because they had several players out including Matt Milano, who is the absolute key to that defense. Um, but you put Case Keenum in that game for the for the Bills, Case Keenum revenge game against the Vikings. Uh, he's very capable. That offense is still loaded with talent. And like I said, the defense can win that game for them. So I think the Bills can probably pull out the victory. I would look very much to the under in this game. Bills unders are 7-1 and one this season. Uh, Vikings. It's, very, it's pretty surprising. Yeah. I mean, the only time they hit the over was against the Titans when they did literally all of the work to get to that over. So uh, the the under here is definitely in play, especially if you have a backup quarterback. Uh, put Kirk Cousins up against a real defense here, which he hasn't faced in a while. I like the under. I like the Bills to win the game, but it might be a close one because that's all the Vikings do is play close games. Now, let's get into one of our other favorite teams, the Dallas Cowboys coming in as a five-point favorite at Lambeau Field. Compare <laughs> this is this is one of the scariest games of all time for me because we've seen what Aaron Rodgers has done against the Cowboys year in, year out. The Cowboys have not been able to get it done against him. But this is the worst Aaron Rodgers we've ever seen. This is the worst Green Bay Packers we've ever seen. I'm taking the Cowboys minus five, and if the Cowboys blow this one, I swear to God, I will never, ever bet against Aaron Rodgers again. Cowboys minus five. Too easy for me. Over-under coming in at 43 points. Dylan, what are you playing here? 
Yeah, Nick, I think you're safe here taking your Cowboys. I know you've got this uh, kind of curse in the back of your mind, but not only have these Packers not looked like a halfway decent team this year, they're not, they don't just not look like an NFC champion type of a team. They look like they suck at football. Their first injury report for this week has 17 fucking players on it. They are absolutely falling apart. Um, Aaron Rodgers was miserable last week against a shitty defense. There's no excuse there, but I did watch that game, and it was every other play a Lions or a uh, Packers player was being carted off the field. So I think the Cowboys run away safely. Not to mention, looks like they'll have Zeke back this week. Yeah, and I I do want to reiterate, I am taking the Cowboys, but pair eighty one percent of the handle and eighty percent of the tickets both on the Cowboys. A little bit scary for me when a team is that public. Also want to point out that Aaron Rodgers has never been a underdog of more than a field goal at home. This coming in two points over that. Does that scare you at all? Yeah. Um, laying that over a field goal in the NFL right now scares me in general. Um, but Dak is 12 and four ATS on extended rest. Um, so you give the Cowboys time to prepare for this game uh, against a team that is beat up like crazy, as Dylan said. Um it's just not the same Packers team. I think there's still some priors from preseason going into their power rating. Uh, they should be better than they are, but they just aren't. The something. I mean, the wheels are falling off. Matt Lafleur looks like looks like he's you know his coaching tree is is a piece of shit. He's a piece of shit. Everything sucks. Rodgers is melting down. And everything about this Packers team says that. Uh, that it's falling apart. I'm going to take the Cowboys as well. And now reports coming out that players are starting to be impatient with Aaron Rodgers, his effort, his attitude in general. Every time we've said that in the past, Aaron Rodgers has come out and just kicked ass. But as, as we've noticed this year for Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and even Russell Wilson, it's a little different. Shit's starting to change. The, uh, the guys that used have, to be able to... Russell Wilson's to attitude is with. fantastic. I don't want to hear anything about Russell Wilson, high knees, McGee, Wilson. All right. I don't want to hear well, it. Let's ride. No, Let's it's, ride. it's exactly what you said, Parrot. There's just nothing to support Aaron Rodgers in this offense. The defense isn't great. Matt Wilford is an absolute moron. Packers are dead. It's it's as simple yeah. as that. If he the Packers he come out, have a, he doesn't have a Devontae Adams. He doesn't have a Jordy Nelson. He doesn't even have a James Jones to rely on. I mean, it's just, it's that bad. He's got like a ancient Randall Cobb now. And, and, and the Packers are a, a team that if they do come out and win this game, we will reevaluate and give Aaron Rodgers some respect, but he's got to earn that respect with one or two good outings. He has not done that. And every week that he has another bad outing is more and more momentum that Aaron Rodgers could be done, yeah, especially I mean, what, with what the Green Bay do? Packers. What are they going to do? Rely on the run game against that Dallas front? I, I don't think so. Hell no. Even with uh, Tristan Hill being cut, the Cowboys are deep. Uh, inside and on defense in general, which we go back to our first episode of the season pair. Eagles, Cowboys, our two locks to to get it done on defense are absolutely kicking ass. Now, let's stick with the number below a field goal here. As you said, a, a number over a field goal scares the shit out of you. The Seahawks versus the Bucks Pair, why are the Bucks a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this game? I mean, again, preseason priors, right? And Everybody thinks that the Bucks are... Good. I, I don't know that they are. Sure, they beat the Rams last week, in, you know, in miracle comeback fashion. That uh, doesn't mean much to me, honestly. And, and the Seahawks might be. We have to start considering the possibility that the Seahawks are for real. I don't understand how they're doing it. I really don't. I don't. Understand I've, I, I've been. I've been. Uh, I've been saying they're for real for like a month now. For whatever reason, I I actually believe in the Seahawks team. Yeah, I mean they. 
a lot of it has coincided with giving the, the running back position to Kenneth Walker uh, out of necessity. He's a beast. He's a yeah. fucking beast. He's really good. You know, eventually he's going to hit that rookie, that rookie wall. So pay attention to that. And that might derail them just a little bit, but um, I'm going to look at this game and number one, I'm going to tease the Seahawks up number two. I'm going to take the under because the Bucks can't score or finish drives and the Seahawks defense is playing a whole lot better. Um, the international series is interesting. You know, uh, favorites are heavily coming in in international games, uh, 23 and 14 ATS. But, man, these Seahawks, they just keep getting discounted, and you can get them at a at still a decent price here at 2.5 or tease it up, like I said. I might even roll with the Seahawks money line here. Geno Smith has shown me that much this season. I'm loving the Geno show. Last week, Geno got us another big win. I agree with everything you just said, Pear. It's time to roll with the Seahawks and take them seriously now. A team that I'm not going to take seriously, and I want to start with you, Dylan, because uh, they have gingers all around all the time. The Washington Commies are (laughs) 11-point underdogs to Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. We've been rolling with the Eagles on this show quite a bit, Pear, uh, especially with the first half. But, Dylan, I want to get your take on, is 11 too much to discount an NFC East rivalry game? Because I'm rolling with the Washington Commanders in this game. What are you doing? I've made a lot of money on the commanders this year. I feel like they've been kind of underwritten and yeah, they're a sub 500 team, but they've played good football this year. Uh, they've had some injury concerns. They they've had a lot of rotation throughout their offense too, but the commanders have continued to cover throughout the season. Now they did already play the Eagles and the Eagles did cover this spread, right? It was uh, I think a 27 to 10 or something like that. The Eagles won by two or three scores. Um, But I think the commander team has started to put some things together. And I think this is another prime tease candidate. Taking that up to 17 points with a six point tease is fantastic. But I'm with you. I'm rolling with the commanders. The other thing at play here, and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying I'm going to put a mortgage on this or anything, but the Eagles have to fall eventually. They do have some tougher matchups in the works ahead. But like you said, this is an in-conference rivalry, and I've seen crazier shit happen. So I'm going to throw a little flyer on Washington to take this one home too. Pear, wouldn't it be nice if the uh, the refs threw another wrench right in the middle of the uh, Eagles defense this week like they did last week for the cover for the Washington Commanders? It's one of the funniest plays I've ever seen in my whole life, especially that I was on the, the Washington Commanders at the time. It, the, the ref... For anyone that didn't see, which is probably no one because it's mostly a Minnesota audience, <laughs> the ref literally could not have made a worse play for, for the defense, literally screened him. And on top of it, Curtis Samuel, Samuel was able to then crawl into the end zone for a touchdown that theoretically ended the cover for the Minnesota Vikings in this game. Pair, anything you want to add here? Yeah, I mean, that ref, um, if it was a college game, he'd be thrown out of the first half of the next game for targeting penalty. Uh, (laughs) It was that egregious, like he just speared the dude. Um, I'm looking at two things in this game. Uh, Number one, teams who are undefeated are not great ATS after they've been undefeated for quite a while. When you get to that 8-0 threshold, your ATS record takes a big hit. And it's because the valuation of the team gets way out of whack. Uh, the Eagles are too public at this point. There's too much excitement around them. I think double digits is a little tough here, especially on Monday night football. Uh, Monday night, past 20 years, double digit underdogs are 27, 13, and 2 ATS. Uh, you get close games on Monday nights. 
even if the Eagles are looking that great, you've got a backup quarterback for the commanders, which uh, they just keep covering with backup quarterback. I don't know how they do it, but it's better when the backup starts. So take a whole boat and a little points with the camp, with the commies, tease them up. It should be a much closer game than you're expecting. Now, speaking of backup quarterbacks pair, Ryan Tannehill has been out for the last couple of weeks. He should be back this week, right? I don't know. I, I expected him back on Sunday and he wasn't back. So something to monitor, something to keep an eye on, but the Titans are only a three point favorite at home against Dylan's struggling Denver Broncos monitor Ryan Tannehill's injury status. I'm still taking the Titans minus three here. They've covered without Ryan Tannehill two weeks in a row, somehow in a pretty funny fashion, especially against the chiefs. That was a, that was a game to watch now three points small enough for me to feel confident, especially at home with uh, King Henry. Uh, total coming in at 39 points. Dylan, Tennessee coming in at 6-2 and two ATS, 2-6 two and six to the over. Anything you like in this game? Yeah, tough here. Obviously, the Broncos are coming off of a bye, so like I'm inclined to say, okay, we had a bye week. We're going to come back swinging. Uh, we traded off our best defensive asset, and we brought in one of the least efficient running backs in the entire NFL and Chase Edmonds to cover the defensive void, I guess. Um, then we bring in a linebacker from the Jets, uh, an outside linebacker slash DN who had been slipping down their depth chart, apparently again, to fill the uh, Bradley Chubb void. So I don't have a lot of faith. I know the Broncos defense still I love ranks filling well. a void with Chubb. Oh, <laughs> oh. how big of a Chubb do you need for, to <laughs> fill that void of yours pair? <laughs> I, I, um, no comment. I think that I think the Broncos defense is not going to look as sharp against Derrick Henry and crew here. Uh, we like I said, we're getting rid of powerful assets, especially run stopping assets. And then you go up against who I, I would say is still the most dominant running back in the game. I think you have to roll with Tennessee here. I will say the Broncos have a tendency to lose games very close. So don't be surprised if this comes down to a field goal at the end of the game and Tennessee wins by two and doesn't fucking cover. But I think the smart money here would be on Tennessee to cover. And uh, 78% of the public money or 78% of the public going on the over because it's so low at 36 and a half. But I still don't know that I would roll with the over there. This Broncos offense is incredibly inefficient. We put up our season high 21 points against Jacksonville. So I don't, I don't know how I feel about them performing against this Tennessee defense that absolutely shut down Patrick Mahomes for an entire half of football. Uh, not to mention the fact that the only way we can get our passing game going is with a little bit of a run game. And the Titans allowed four rushing yards in the first half of that game. So I don't have much faith in my Broncos here, unfortunately. Who's playing quarterback for the Broncos this week, Dylan? Less ride. <laughs> it'll be uh old Russ is back in the flesh now pair I don't want to talk about the Los Angeles Rams at all I'm done with this team I hate the Rams they're my least favorite team in the NFL especially after not being able to close out that Bucks game last week tell us what we need to know about this game I mean you need to know that uh McVay absolutely owns Cliff Kingsbury it is not even fun not even fair not even funny 11 and 1 straight up 10-0-1 ATS against the Cardinals as the coach of the Rams. Uh, McVay also 6-0 straight up, 5-0-1 ATS when facing Arizona after a straight-up loss. I think the Rams get this done. The cards tend to melt. It's, I mean, it's the second half of the season, so it's time for 
Arizona to shit the bed. Uh, the Kyler uh, post Modern Warfare release thing is real. They've they've sucked in the two weeks since uh, the new Call of Duty came out. So uh, <laughs> you got to take a look at at the Rams in the spot just based on the history of McVeigh owning Kingsbury. I agree with everything you just said there, and that kind of leads to another team with a little bit of a distraction, the old TikTok distraction pair. The Chiefs are a nine and a half point favorite. Juju's starting to play football, dude. Like Juju's starting to play. He's a fat wide receiver, also known as basically a tight end. So you you line up Travis Kelsey for the Chiefs. You line up Juju. You got Hardman. You got Valdez Scantling for the speed guys. This Chiefs offense is starting to look like if Pat Mahomes plays the way that he's capable of playing, that they can put up some points. Total coming in at 50 and a half on this Chiefs game. I'm going to roll with the over, spread at minus nine and a half against the Jacksonville Jags team that I don't know what to think of. Uh, they obviously got a gross win last week. Are you rolling with the Chiefs as a heavy minus nine and a half point favor? Are you staying away or taking the Jags here, Pear? No, we saw uh, last week what happens with the Chiefs when when they're a big favorite. Uh, and Mahomes is a big favorite. When he's a favorite of more than a field goal, 27-31-1 ATS. When he's less than a field goal, it's he absolutely crushes. Uh, what you need to do in this game is tease the Chiefs down, put them in a seven-point teaser, get under that field goal threshold for Mahomes. Um, but uh, Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, just 1-11 straight up on the road in his career. They're not winning this game, obviously. Uh, I think the over is a smart play because six straight Jags road games have gone over. Uh, but, man, you do not want to lay a boatload of points with the Chiefs at this stage. Uh, just because they get overvalued to public of a team. Uh, so stay away from that big that big number, which is probably going to climb before kickoff, uh, but tease it down, take the over. I love it when we agree on an over. Dylan, the uh, Tua Tagovailoa-led Miami Dolphins are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Cleveland Browns in your home state of Florida. I like the Dolphins here, minus three-and-a-half. Obviously, the Browns have a lot to play for still, not giving up on their season. About to get, uh, I, 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 I don't want to even say it, Deshaun Watson back somehow. Uh, he's going to play football. If he plays meaning, meaningful football this year, it'll be even weirder of a show in Cleveland. Do you think Cleveland can stay alive and actually win this game? Do you take the Dolphins minus three and a half, total coming in at 48 and a half? Uh, so under is, first of all, my take on the over under here. A couple stats on Tua Tagovailoa. This year, when he finishes the game, which there's like an asterisk there, right? When he finishes the game, Miami is 6-0. and And leading back into last season, he's 13-1 and in his last 14 games. He leads the NFL with a passer rating of 115, almost 116, and yards per attempt. We're not surprised there. We talked about that preseason, the amount of speed that he has on the offense. Uh, we will see Denzel Ward returning for the Browns this weekend, but I don't think that he can cover Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle at the same time. So I anticipate a lot of open Dolphins receivers. I like the Dolphins team total over. I like the Dolphins to cover, and I like the game under this Dolphins defense at home, allowing only 15 points per game. I love it. Pair, anything you want to add there? No, I think uh, I think Dylan's on to that sneaky under here. Um, the the trends do support uh, the Dolphins being lower scoring at home. Uh, just over the past couple of seasons, that's, that's come through. Um, I, I think you have Tua. Uh, 10-4 ATS at home in his career. 
sitting at three and a half, that's it's a little sketchy. Plus, you've seen a whole lot of smart money come in on uh, on the Browns in this game. Something's a little iffy about that, especially with that number. I would take Dolphins money line in a parlay or something like that, but uh, the under would be the better look for me. Yeah, I can't disagree. I don't want to touch an under in this game just because unders are really, really tough for me to to watch, especially in a Miami Dolphins track race of a football game with Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Uh, always a threat to take everything house, but three and a half points is, is a weird number. So it's one of those ones that there's going to be plenty of disagreement, as we saw by 61% of the handle being on Cleveland and 73% of the tickets being on Miami. Got a little bit of a, a throw you off situation with the, the, you know, the smart money being against the public money there. Now, Pear, what is going on in Chicago? Justin Fields is actually playing good football. The Bears look like a real football team. Even though they lost last week and, and their defense got shit on, their offense looked real. It looked like an offense that against a Jared Goff last 12 games or I think, it, what is it, Jared Goff in his last 11 is 0-10-1 straight up on the road. That is bad. I am hammering the Chicago Bears minus three at home against Jared Goff and the Lions here. I don't have a play on the total, especially with uh, Detroit having a hard time scoring on the road. I don't want to take an under, don't want to take an over. What are you doing, Pear? Yeah, that uh, that stat for Detroit on the road isn't just bad. It's goffle. Um, <laughs> uh, nice. I'm looking at the Bears team total here. Uh, I, I think that they can score on the on the Lions defense. Just keep doing what you've been doing with uh, with the run game, playing that six back offense. Um, like you said, the Bears are probably going to win this game. Three points seems like a like a bargain, given the struggles of of the Lions on the road. Uh, you've got a massive handle and ticket advantage to Chicago on this game, so it's a little bit scary that everybody believes in it, and yet it's still just three points. What have you done uh, for me lately, league, bro? It's true, but uh, yeah, three straight overs for the Bears. But you have to look at that differently because of the struggles the Lions have putting up points uh, on the road compared to at home. 48 and a half is probably too high to hit the, t- the full game over. Bears team total over 25 is a whole lot better look. Uh, Dylan, you got anything here? I mean, I think you nailed it pretty well there. The lack of faith in Detroit's offense is my big thing here. Jared Goff historically has sucked in cold weather as well. Chicago's going to be cold this weekend, so I don't know that they're going to be able to get things going. They really didn't get things going last week in that one against Green Bay either, right? They had two picks in the end zone. Uh, both of them were tipped. One of them went off somebody's head. So that game very easily could have gone to the Packers uh, with the Lions scoring 15 points in a game that they had the possession probably 70% of the game. Their offense is not back. Um, and I don't expect it to get back in cold weather. It's also their first game of the season playing on grass, which sounds like a crazy nuance, but it does make a difference for players who have been on turf the entire season to go to the grass in Chicago where that ground is fucking concrete. It's going to make a difference. Chicago's home advantage is really big here. Pear, I think uh, I'm going to I'm gonna just close my eyes, and Dylan, you as well. I think I'm just going to close my eyes on this next Steelers game here. Steelers coming in at home as a two and a half point underdog to the Saints. Tell me why this is dumb, Pear. I want to take the Saints minus two and a half here. I think the Saints are a better football team, even with 
uh, Andy Dalton. I don't know what's going on with Jameis Winston anymore. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Taysom Hill. I never know what's going on with the Saints offense, but I don't care who plays. Andy Dalton knows this division. He knows Pittsburgh. I expect him to be able to go in to Pittsburgh and cover a, a short spread. What do you think, Pear? Yeah, I mean, this is a bad football game. Like, the, this is just awful. I, I don't... I don't think I want to touch this game just because you have two really bad teams going at it and anything can happen. Just like we saw last week with, we said it on the show, Raiders and Jaguars, two shit ass teams. Anything can happen. Look, a 17 point deficit got erased and anything happened. So the only thing that you can look at in this game, and this is a weird stat. I don't know why this happens, but teams after playing the Ravens in their next game, the saints played the Ravens last week are 7-0-1 ATS in that next game. Something about playing the Ravens, for some reason, gets you jazzed up for the next game. I don't know. Uh, I think the, the it's Saints or nothing for me here. I think it's also under or nothing for me. Dylan, what are you playing on this game? I see. I haven't been out on the Saints all year. Um, you know, I, I've gotten a lot of flack, in, in fact, for betting with them. Well, let's I, just clarify. I'm not in on the Saints. I just think the Steelers suck. I Well, agreed. I, I agree that the Steelers suck. For me, I think I might break another cardinal sin here and take the Saints through zero and be comfortable that they're not going to lose this game by a field goal. Um, I think that their offense is a lot more effective than Pittsburgh is. Uh, they, ha- they have found ways to score, and they have a number of weapons on offense. Of course, they are without Michael Thomas for the rest of the season now because he stubbed his toe really fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Michael Thomas is a, a, a he's he's one of those guys that his career just turned into nothing real quick, like so many guys in the NBA right now. Did I won't say any those, names. Uh, Kyrie Irving. <laughs> did you see those memes last <laughs> week when Michael Thomas's injury or injured reserve status came out? Everybody was like, Brian Robinson shot four times in the leg, comes back four <laughs> yeah. weeks later. Michael Thomas stubs his toe out for the year. <laughs> I can't with this guy. <laughs> Speaking of teams that have lost almost their whole entire first uh, first round draft picks for the last five years due to unforeseen circumstances. Let's get into Las Vegas. The Raiders probably should have just kept John Gruden right there. I mean, if you want to, <laughs> if you want to put up with some uh, some sexual harassment and maybe borderline assault, yeah, John Gruden would have been better than, than Josh McDaniels. That's just that's these just guys. Honest. What is up with Josh McDaniels getting so many opportunities? That he just loses everywhere he goes. The guy has turned this Raiders team that had potential to be a pretty good team this year into one of the laughing stocks of the NFL. Being a the team yeah, that hurt it's us not the most. just him though. It's it's the entire Belichick coaching tree. Everywhere it, they go, yeah, yeah, they suck. And, and then not to mention Derek Carr. And all jokes aside, Henry Ruggs' absence for Derek Carr this year has shown tremendously. Devontae Adams drops a lot of passes for, from Derek Carr this season. Has not been a great season for the Raiders in general, but they just don't. Have, and I heard the announcers talking about it over and over again. They just don't have a guy to take the top off the defense right now, and Derek Carr is paying the price for it. What was the score last week at? 1.20 to 10? The Raiders were winning that game. They get skunked the rest of the game. It was 27 to 20. Don't mm-hmm. cover for us against a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars that have not shown anything this season to make you think that that should happen. The Raiders suck. And to see them as a six-point favorite against the Indianapolis Colts this week confused me. But then I realized the Colts just fired their coach, and they're one of the dumbest teams in the league, too. This is a <laughs> dumpster fire of a game. I am staying away from this game as far as I can. Total coming in at 
42 and a half. Is there anything we can do in this game pair? Yeah, the only uh, good day segment that I would have added to uh, the bad day was uh, good day for the health of the brain worms that have invaded Jim Ursay's head. Because uh, this guy is off of his rocker. Just listen to him talk about uh, percentiles. It's it's fascinating what this guy is thinks he's doing uh, in running this franchise. But you cannot back the Colts in any way, shape, or form in this game. You just can't. The Raiders have to put this together at some point, and the Colts are a great victim to do it. Um, I think you're going to see a continuation of the Colts own 11 ATS run in the first half. Uh, so that's where I'm putting my money in this game. Uh, but you, you got to either look at, at Colts or excuse me, at the Raiders first half or the under in this game, nothing else is going to work for me. The Raiders cannot be trusted to hold a lead late. So yeah. Yeah. I, that's I, I do like the under here pair. Um, this, this uh, Colts offense is it's pretty miserable. And you bring in Jeff Saturday, who's going to try to fix this offense that was 0 for 14 on third down last week. Wasn't Jeff Saturday wearing makeup on TV like four days ago? He was. And he was also an interim high school coach. Uh, so he's got <laughs> a lot of great coaching experience. And uh, I, I think the only way that this offensive line gets a little bit better is if he suits back up and goes out there. <laughs> they Their average yards per play last week was two. An NFL offense, two yards per play. They are not going to score. Not to mention, Jeff Saturday is not calling the plays this week, right? He's just coming into this team. The guy who's calling the plays is an assistant who's 30 years old who has never called plays in his life. So I don't think the Colts score at all. This is by no means any any vote of confidence in the Raiders, but I do like the under in this game a lot. Pear, what's Jonathan Taylor's status in this game? He's supposed to be available. Um have they given up yet? Are they going to save him for next year at some point here? That, that's going to start to be a smart decision here, especially with them looking like they're trying to tank, and that's what this whole thing has to be. If there's a, a hidden objective with them completely looking like shit, it's that they can f- completely fall apart, get a good draft pick, take advantage of the great quarterback class coming out this year, uh, and start shutting down Jonathan Taylor is a big part of that. Yeah, and, and Pear, the only thing that really scares me about fading uh, outside of the Raiders sucking, um, fading the Colts in any way is somehow teams are 17 and 16 ATS uh, in their last 33 games after firing their coach. Do you see the Colts coming out and, and playing inspired football, or does that not really scare you at all? No, because that's, I think this is a unique situation because uh, so many people were passed over on that team for the interim coaching job. You've got John Fox on that team. He's got coaching experience in the Super Bowl. You've got Gus Bradley, uh, defensive coordinator, who used to be a head coach. You've got the special teams coordinator, who's supposed to be a head coaching candidate down the line. All these guys get passed over for a dude, like Dylan said, who's just on TV last week. Like, this is, it's so weird. Like, the the team is not going to respond positively to that. So that stat of teams coming out strong after firing a coach midseason, I don't think it plays here. Pair, before we give our uh, top six picks of the week, why don't we get Pep's public picks of the weekend? 
Yeah, let's throw a, a peppy teaser in there. He likes the Vikings going down to even and the Chargers up to 13. Uh, peppy Pelvic's also on the Titans laying the three. Uh, he's also on the Rams Fuck. laying the three. Uh, and he's also on the Dolphins laying the three and a half. So a lot of uh, win by a field goal hope for, for Mr. Peppy this week. Peppy, I'm going to have to talk you out of that Dolphins one because the uh, the Dolphins are on my top plays as well right now, and I don't want to be aligned with you on that. So maybe we can uh, maybe we can have a conversation later and get you off of that pub pick. Um, Dylan, before we get into the, uh, the tiny Paris picks of the week, what are your top picks of the weekend? All right, I got a few different routes here. The first one is going to be a seven-point tease. I'm taking all seven of them so I can take the Titans up to plus eight. Get the Chiefs under a field goal at minus two and a half, taking the Seahawks up to a key number of 10 and that Colts Raiders game under 49 and a half. Moving on to that Dolphins game, Pep, you're going to want to avoid this one at all costs. There's a hurricane moving into Florida. Just get rid of your your, uh, Dolphins tickets. I'm taking the Dolphins minus three. Uh, I'll buy it down if I have to. Uh, I also want that Dolphins team total over, and I'm going to take that game under. So I'm hitting that game pretty hard. And then finally, and circling right back to a game that you guys said you're not going to touch, I like that Colts game under a lot. Only one game all season of the Colts has gone over 41. Uh, Their one saving grace on their team is their run defense. So I expect them to slow down Josh Jacobs, which puts all of the pressure on the tiny hands of Derek Carr. And I don't think he's going to score 41 points. Yeah, and uh, real quick correction, I, I said Pepe's teaser was was Vikings down to even. That doesn't make any sense. Vikings up to plus 11 and Chargers plus 13. Pep, uh, Pep was all over it. Pear, give us your top picks of the week. Yeah, let's go uh, to college first. Uh, you're going to hate this, Nick, but uh, fuck you anyway. Uh, Ohio State team. Let me four. guess, an over of something in the 70s. Oh, you know me too well. Uh, Ohio State team total over 48 and a half. Holy shit, dude. That is asinine. Tennessee team total over <laughs> oh 38. God. Navy plus 15 and a half. Oklahoma, West Virginia over 67 and a half. SMU team total over 45. Tulane minus two. And your favorite here, Washington, Oregon over 72 and a half. <laughs> Well, somebody please take all of those picks and let me know how they do because Pear has this. I will like, let you know. I will let dude, you know how they do next. I week. will. I will take all of those. Pear, I love the new you. I there. It wasn't but two years ago that every time I said the word over, you reached through the screen and slapped me. <laughs> football was all about unders, and I told you, Pear, I don't like betting unders. I don't want to watch a football game and hope nobody scores. So I will be the case study. I'm taking every. I just took those notes in my phone. I'm going to take every one of those, and I'm going to parlay them too, and I'm going to be a fucking millionaire this weekend. Pear's gotten to the point with these totals where these games, if there's a three and out for one of the teams that he takes. The bet's over already because they need to score every fucking possession to get to 49 points, dude. If Ohio State doesn't score 49 this week, pair, I'm gonna I'm gonna be on your ass so hard. Yeah, I mean Dylan round robin that shit because it's coming through. And Nick, just be just be thankful that I didn't take like the uh UCLA over, which is at 77 and a half. So you know, take what <laughs> you can. That's a basketball get. over. That's fucking insane, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We uh, uh Dylan, we locked a Iowa State. Um, who who is Iowa State playing there? IUPUI. IUPUI. <laughs> yeah, we we locked their. Uh, I I can't even say that team's name, but we locked 
IUPUI, whatever the fuck they are. We locked their under against Iowa State. I think it was that like, what was that 40, number? 48 and a half. Yeah, oh, it, it was it never had a chance. It, it, dead it was, under. It was tough to root for a team not to score 24 <laughs> points a quarter or a half. Sorry, but we got it done. So, Perry, yeah. you're, you're earning more uh, and guess, more respect on these total plays in the collegiate game. Yeah, I know what I'm talking about. Okay. NFL is where I struggle. But uh, my NFL picks, Raiders first half, minus three and a half. Bears team total over 25. And the under in Vikings bills at 45. Just because we already talked about all the games, I'm going to run through mine really quick. Well, I got six games on Sunday that I'm releasing absolutely free. These games are a burial, a blowout, a human lock. You can bet your children's unborn children's children on these six games. Absolutely. Oh, I believe, I believe. Titans minus three. Bears minus three. Seahawks plus two and a half. Saints minus two and a half. Cowboys minus five. Jags over. Let's go. That's uh, that's my top picks of the week. Pair, uh, anything you want to add there before we get out of here? I know that that Jags game over probably scares you a little bit, but I, I got you to say you're on it. Are you on it enough to let me lock it on zone coverage this weekend? We'll uh, have that discussion sidebar, but uh, we'll see. I, I'd like to tease that more than I'd like to to take it straight, but we'll we'll see. It is fun this week having four games for me that are three points or under. I like these short spreads with the Titans being a favorite of only three, the Bears only being a three-point favorite, the Seahawks only being plus two and a half, and the Saints being a two and a half point favorite. Then obviously got to roll with them boys, right? I mean, am I right there, boys? Right? Like, come on. Now, Dylan, right. before we get out of here, where can we find you? Yeah, I actually mixed up my Twitter handle this week. You can find me at JetBlue. Uh, that is the name of a corporation, so you're going to have to plug in a second E there, JetBlue. Uh, <laughs> and it's not related to airlines. It's just related to my travel to the bluest counties in the country where I'll, I will be reporting back to you how miserable the conditions are and how impoverished the communities are. And uh, I'm sure part of Pear's sign-off is going to be something about going to like Renville, Minnesota and reporting the same shit back to you, Dylan. <laughs> no, I've been to places like Renville. You, you, you don't want to go there. Well, Dylan does because you know, people, people <laughs> yeah, yeah. that like him. But uh, you, know, you, you can't find me anywhere. I mean, Twitter appears to just be in the early stages of the MySpace death spiral. So, you know, I, I'm moving on to bigger and better social media platforms. Sorry. First stop, OnlyFans, where I'll be helping our girl, Lauren Bobert get back on her feet. And maybe, if we're lucky, show off those feet. Uh, <laughs> that's a big market right now. <laughs> see, see, this is the problem. A guy like me who doesn't follow politics, hears the same four names over and over again, and nothing about anybody else that matters. We got whatever that guy in whatever the fucking, is it Pennsylvania that had a stroke that won? Lauren Bobert, whatever the fuck her name is. And then I live in the state with Carrie Lake in the... Uh, the stranded elections for Maricopa County. So outside of all that, I have no idea what's going on in this country. Dylan, I saw Florida's Florida or make, make Florida great again or whatever the fuck. Oh yeah. Uh, make Florida, Florida again, or make yeah. America, Florida. Some oh, it's, shit like that. Make America, Florida is the right tagline. It is. It is insane. How red this state is this year. Even so, Miami so, Dade went red. So I'll sign off on this note. I have a question for both of you guys. Clearly things are going 
horrible for this country right now. At what point do you two have a fallout to the point that we can't do this show anymore? I feel like we've already <laughs> almost hit that a couple of times. But when, I, uh, <laughs> when when the sanctimonious takes the White House. Uh, so we got a couple more years. We got a couple more years, boys. Without Cy and Ethan here, it is it is even funnier to me to watch you guys try to talk politics without saying anything serious. And on that note, you can find me on Zone Coverage at Tiny Nick's Gambling Picks. You can find me on Twitter at the Real Tiny Nick. And if I have my way, I'll have a blue check mark by the end of the week. Thank you, Elon. Let's go. The uh, the impoverished, not as important Twitter users finally have a voice. Fuck you, pair. And you can find me on Instagram at Tiny Nick's Giant Picks where we are finally going to start posting some of the clips for my TV appearances of the last two weeks. I thank you all for joining us this week. We'll see you all next week. Thanks again.